I'm going to cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) End of episode. We're off the air, guys. Credits. Welcome to No Refunds. My name is Dwight, and joining me today is... Alex. Yeah. And today, we are going to be talking about spooky things, because it's a spooky time of year. Is it? Well, it's October 12th. Is today the 12th? 11th. What's today? The know. 11th. Today's the 11th. Nailed it's it. October 11th, so we're smack dab in the middle of spooky season for spooky things. And so Alex and... Yes. Yeah, is that what it's called? That's now? what I just I just coined that. Oh, TM. TM. You're gonna every time anyone uses it now, you get to make millions of dollars, <laughs> which is pretty sweet. So, um, Alex and I, uh, in order to celebrate the season, we kind of had a movie marathon. Not even kind of. We had a movie marathon. And <laughs> we didn't. It was pl- brutal. We didn't plan on having a movie marathon. We we okay. en- we ended up having one though. Yeah, it kind of um, came out of nowhere, and that's just how things went. So deal with it i guess yeah. is, is the best way to put that i dealt with it me too and it was awesome yeah it was a good time so we had we had a movie marathon so the the whole premise behind this initially was um both alex and i love horror movies um accurate tiffany kind of likes them she's more of a uh campy horror movie she doesn't like the scary scary stuff so that's part of the reason why i have had recently a big um, gap in my horror, my modern horror movie, just knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last couple of years, we talked about it here on the podcast at one point. I've seen like The Witch, I've seen The Babadook, yep. I've seen um, It Follows. Yeah, right. I was trying to think. Yeah. Of I was like, I know there's one other big one that I saw. You, you also saw Your Next. Uh, yes, I did see that. I, I didn't see I it. I watched you to it, watch yeah. it. That one was fine. That was good. Um, so uh, long story short, I have had a big gap in this. And so in order to remedy that, uh, Alex brought over some movies and we sat down and went through them. Yep. Um, but before we get into that, why don't we go into kind of like our history with horror movies? So Alex, uh, you like horror movies? I, I do like horror movies. How so? Um, <clears throat> I don't even know how to begin to describe it. I, I like being scared, but I also hate being scared. It's, it's the paradox. It's a paradox. Like I love watching scary movies, but there are some that just keep me up at night because they actually scare me, Mm -hmm. but I enjoy that feeling. So like, I like to watch genuinely scary movies. Okay. Um, so I don't necessarily like the torture porn genre okay because that doesn't scare me that's just like it's just grotesque it's just there for shock value Mm -hmm. um what's your favorite scary movie? oh what's my favorite scary movie that's a good question Um, is that a reference to your favorite scary movie (laughs) uh my favorite scary movie is scream (laughs) no no that was referencing scream right and which is my answer oh that's meta. It, like scream <laughs> and nailed it, nailed it. Uh, my favorite scary movie, Scream. It wasn't my favorite scary movie until a few years ago, mm-hmm. 
because when I first saw it, I was too young to really understand what it was. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I didn't really get the whole meta thing about it. I was just like, oh, this is a gen- general slasher movie. Because I, I saw it when I was like 10 or 11 the first time. Mm-hmm. Because I have older siblings and they watched it, so I got to watch it with them. Um, so it wasn't until I grew to love horror that it became my favorite horror movie. Makes sense. Because once I like realized what they were doing, I was like, this is so, so good. Scream was a crazy phenomenon when it came out. I remember like people making a big deal about the fact that this movie is so scary and it was so successful to the point where my mother who hates horror movies she rented it one night and watched like the first like 10 minutes of it just because it was so just ingrained in pop culture that wow. like everyone watches this movie and she shut it off and didn't finish it at all. I believe but, that. Because the opening sequence is awesomely terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it is. But it was so weird. Like everyone loved that movie and it's a great movie. It's yeah. one of my favorites. One of the things that I love about it is that it takes itself seriously as a horror movie, but is definitely in the meta genre. So Mm-hmm. It scares me, but it also makes me laugh a little bit because I'm like, haha, they're I see what they're doing. So like the fact that it's not like not like Tucker and Dale versus Evil where it's meta horror. What's a straight up horror and, comedy? And it's a comedy. So. This is just self aware horror. You know? Yeah. I, no, I love the sense. movie. I, I love Scream. I love Scream Two. I love Scream Four. Let's just forget Scream about Scream 3 exists. The, yeah, Scream 3 is a movie. There's, it's a motion picture. It is. Um, what is your favorite scary movie? It's a very good question, and I, I kind of waffle on this one because there's a bunch of... Um, I really like kind of the older horror movies, and when I say older, I mean um, horror movies that were popular and in, in popular culture when I was growing up, which was... It was only a couple years after you, but... My stuff tends, or before you, sorry, but my stuff tends to lean more towards like 80s slashers. Yep. So growing up, I was fascinated with Freddy. I was fascinated with Jason. I was fascinated with Michael Myers, uh, Chucky, Pinhead. The fact that I would, you could go into like a, uh, a video store and there would just be rows of Hellraiser one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It like, scared just the the concept of these types of movies scared the crap out of me and so those were the ones i gravitated to when i was learning about horror and for a long time it was nightmare on elm street was my number one but as i've gotten older i appreciate more halloween halloween is my absolute favorite horror movie it's just a incredibly well-made movie um especially for being as low budget as it is yeah and Freddie and Jason and Michael Myers, or not Michael Myers, Freddie and Jason and um, like Chucky and Pinhead, they're all like supernatural. And eventually, um, Michael Myers becomes supernatural, but it's horse. <laughs> so no one cares. <laughs> but um, in the original one, uh, he's just some dude killing babysitters, right. and it's scary as crap. Yeah, that movie's scary. It's terrifying. It, it's paced perfectly. Um, yeah, I love that movie. It's so good. That one is is absolutely my favorite. That is a good answer. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen a lot of uh, classic... uh, No, no, no. I've seen a lot of the classics, but Mm -hmm. I haven't seen a lot of uh, horror from that time period. So I've seen Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, um, the first Friday the 13th, 
the first Child's Play, but that's it. I mm-hmm. haven't seen much else that came out in that time frame. So there was a period where um, when I was in high school and I had gotten my first job. And so it, I believe I got paid weekly. It was either weekly or bi-week. I think it was weekly, though, which was pretty cool. So every week I was getting a little bit of cash deposited in my account. And every week um, I would go to Best Buy and pick up a new DVD um, from one of those movies in the series. Oh, that's cool. So I was just going through, like, I was, my collection was expanding on a, on a weekly basis. And it was just all these awesome, like, it was just a moment where I was learning about all these things, like I said, that captured my imagination as a kid. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it, it's hard. Uh, I keep on saying they're classics, and it's weird because you have like s- at least three different movements of horror movies, if not more. Yeah. Because you've got like the the classic Universal stuff, classic. This is easily like the Universal monster stuff from um, late thir- or early thirties yeah. through late forties is kind of like the Universal boom, and then you've got um, sci-fi. There was like a, a sci-fi uh, wave after World War Two. Uh, with all the space aliens and like the schlock monsters mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and then you kind of went into like an eight, uh, the 70s was like really dirty and grimy horror stuff. It was a lot mm-hmm. of like Wicker Man and just you know, gross like urban stuff, I think. Yep. And then you finally got towards um, the slasher stuff of the 80s, yeah, the 80s, 80s and early 90s until you got Scream, which revitalized stuff. So, what would you call this the current? state of horror we are in a real we are in a um like a modern renaissance of horror i yep. would say uh we're in kind of like i don't want to say auteur horror but uh, we're in director driven horror yeah. movies i i i fine with the term auteur horror because mm-hmm. we're like people are getting i don't want to say it's becoming a more respected genre but we're getting a lot more variety in the types of uh, movies that you're getting and they're getting a lot more critical acclaim just look at it right it is like busting re- rec- uh, records wide open and it's just a, a killer clown movie i think that's a great way to transition into the first movie that we watched okay um get out which received so, a lot of critical acclaim earlier this did. year um th- now this was your first time seeing the movie correct so i'd like to hear your thoughts Get Out was uh, it was a lot of fun. I can see why it was so well received by like mainstream audiences because it was um, horror with like a message. Yeah. But the message was while while the message wasn't exactly subtle, it was well handled. Yes, and it was very topical. Like it, oh, yeah. if this had come out like five years ago, I don't think it would have landed quite the same way. I don't. Um, it came out this year, correct? It came out this February, I, I believe. I, in, in in an Obama presidency, I don't think it would have had the same impact. You're right. correct. Yeah. Um, uh, but where we are right now, well, yes. E- even like a year or two ago, I like with everybody talking about Trayvon Martin and like the mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter movement, yep, yep. it probably would have landed. That's so a like good point. towards the end of Obama's second term, it would have mm-hmm. still landed. But like if this had come out in like 2010, 2009, right? After Obama got elected his first time, mm-hmm. I don't think I, I I think it still would have been like people would have liked it, but it wouldn't have landed quite as hard as this one did. I think no matter what, it would have had an impact. I don't think it would have been as severe of one. Yes, or as universal. Yes, like everyone I know saw this movie. Like like you were saying about Scream in mm-hmm. the nineties, like everyone was talking about this movie. Like 
yep. people at my work that are in their 50s that never go and see horror movies were like, have you seen Get Out? Uh, like, I'm going to go see it this weekend with my wife. And I looked at them and I'm like, what? like yeah, go go do it. Like, But <laughs> I'm confused. This isn't... Because this is the person that always comes up to me that's like, I saw this biopic this weekend. I saw this biopic. I watched like, this Ken Burns special. Right. It, it's typical of that age bracket. But then... Because Get Out got this huge response, everyone went to see it. So, mm-hmm. which um, is great. It's it's very it's a universal message that any anyone can really pick up on because it's not like you said well hidden, mm-hmm. but it's also really well dealt with. I, I yep. think the way they they portray the message of the movie and the way that they kind of play with our expectations is really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I saw the movie, I remember... Oh, by the way, spoilers for anything we talk about. Yes. So, um, yeah, the twist in this one is weird. The The twist in this movie... So, I didn't know anything about the twist going in. You mm-hmm. did. I knew... I'm going to say I knew 70% of the twist. Yep. Um, I didn't know how far it was going to go, which caught me off guard. Yeah, which is really the best part, is where mm-hmm. where it really... Because we call this a horror movie. I think it's like maybe 15% a horror movie. And then the other like 80, what am I at? Five? Five. 85%? <laughs> is just like a tense psychological movie. Yes. It's definitely a psychological thriller. Right. I think that, that it definitely goes into horror in the last like 20 minutes. Yep. But for the rest of it, it's just a tense psychological thriller. Um, but... Um, the first time I saw it, mm-hmm. when it gets to the point where, um, literally the very end of the movie, where he's lying on top of um, Allison Williams and choking yep. her, and then the cop car drives up, I was like, oh my god, that's the cop from earlier in the movie. He's gonna, he's get gonna, shot gonna see or this like and that. shoot him, and then it's just gonna cut to credits. Like that's what I thought was gonna happen, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be awful. Mm-hmm. And then. TSA. And then it's TSA, which is a great (laughs) way to end the movie. But uh, the first time I saw it, I was like, that is so clever to have the cops be a terrifying moment of the movie. Because in normal movies, like you'll see the, the like lead female, the scream queen is like crawling away from the murderer, like about to die. Mm -hmm. And then a cop car pulls up and And shoots safety. And it's safety. And in this one, it's the opposite of safety. We already felt safety for him because he was choking the, the life out of her. Yep. And then the cops drives up and I'm like, oh my God. So I had that like brief moment of fear and then... That's a really good way of putting you into yep. like the protagonist's yeah. shoes and situation. It was really, really well done. I I love that movie. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I, I really liked the... just the direction and the quiet unsettling moments mm-hmm. of like the, the silent auction portion. Oh like, my the God. fact that there was silent in general, <laughs> like they were clearly weren't talking while they were doing it. Yep. it was, it's like some weird ritualistic, this whole like movie is steeped in like rituals and yeah. stuff like that. Like the, the hypnosis stuff. And uh, it was creepy and weird. And I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. It's so creepy how much of a science they've got it down to. You got to think about like how many times have they done this? Yeah. Oh, and for people out there that don't know what Get Out is, <laughs> what the twi- oh yeah, we're not even gonna describe the plot to you. 
at this point, we <laughs> might as well have not. So, so Get Out is a movie directed by Jordan Peele, correct? Yes, of Key and Peele uh, fame. Yes, which is another reason why everyone was like, oh my god, the funny man made a horror spooktacular-thon. Yeah, but this movie is really funny. Not are, to, not to step on your parts. toes while you're trying to describe the plot. Oh, it's okay. Um, we, we haven't described it yet. Why should movie, we start now? This movie, I was busting out laughing in the theater. Like... And it's uncomfortable laughter because every time something happens, you're like, I'm laughing because of how uncomfortable this scene is. Like when they're showing, what's the main character's name? Chris? Uh, yes, I believe it's Chris. When they're showing Chris around to all of their like hoity-toity white friends and they're all like, ooh, you must have a good golf swing and like squeezes his arm. Yep. That, that All of that is hilarious. But mm -hmm. then... In hindsight, it's also unsettling. That, yeah. that that to me was like really creepy the way they were yep. treating this person. It's it's really unsettling because the first at first you look at it and you're just like, okay, this is just awkward white people have, having never met a black person, just being weird, mm -hmm. and then like as, trying to be overly inclusive. Yeah, which... and then as it gets deeper into the movie, you realize that they were just testing the. Uh, the product product almost product is, would be the right term. A, a really good. Also commentary on just, you know, yep. like the history of slavery in this country yeah. and, you know, buying people. Yeah, ah, but, good job. <laughs> but yeah. And probably the last thing I want to say about this movie mm -hmm. since. Oh, um, the, so the movie is about um, <laughs> this guy, uh, Chris, who has a girlfriend. Uh, I don't remember her name. Played by Allison Williams. Yes. Apparently she was in Girls. I didn't yes, know that. Yes, she was. Um, so uh, he's black. She's white. Uh, and she's taking him home to meet her white family for the weekend. It's the first time that uh, he's been introduced to them, and he's all nervous and everything. And so mm -hmm. it's all about uh, him meeting these white people and just having a culture shock. And then eventually you find out that the white people in this rich bitch community have been um, taking black people, more or less killing them, um, yeah hypnotizing them so that way like a part of their subconscious falls into the dark place the deep place the well the sunken place the sunken place i think was is what it's called you're correct and then they are taking their old white people brains and surgically implanting them into the black people's younger bodies so that way people can yeah. live forever yeah and it wasn't necessarily about their youth so much as just increased physical prowess was part of it mm -hmm. part of it yeah um like that's one of the things when i talk to people about it i like to mention this like it almost seems like liberal racism where they want to they want to be in a black body because it's an increased physical ability like they're, oh, they're basically looking at black people because the the grandfather like came up with this idea because he saw Jesse Owens be amazing and was like, Oh my God. Mm -hmm. So but he was beat by Jesse. Owens, yeah. He wasn't was beat he? by Jesse Owens. So it's kind of like the opposite of what I would call conservative or normal racism. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause they, they, yeah, they want specifically the black bodies right. as opposed to, they would not take a white body or an Asian body right. or something like that. Which is, which is, fascinating to me that this entire the entire concept of this movie fascinates me which is why i probably liked it so much it's it's definitely a good one I yeah and it's definitely unique i don't yeah um i'm trying to think like if there's anything else that i need that i want to touch on for it because like i said it's 
it's not actively scary until um, about three fourths of the way there. One, the third act. Yeah. Once the third act starts and um, he's trying to find the keys and everything like that, like yep. that's the part where it gets super freaky to me. Yeah. Hmm. Good acting. Great acting. I loved Bradley Whitford was great as the father. Um, Catherine Keener. Catherine? Kathleen? Sure. Catherine Keener. The chick from a 40-year-old virgin. <laughs> Never seen that movie. Oh. I, uh, I know the uh, the hair rip. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly Clarkson um, and Allison Williams were all great. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember the name of the lead guy because he was like kind of an unknown yeah, he's uh, he's some he's a British actor. Yeah, but he was also phenomenal. I I thought the entire cast was really really. So was tight. Stephen Root. Stephen Root was great. Um, this was just a great movie. It really was. Um, the it was a believable way for them to him to get out too. Like that type of the escape sequence, um, and the way that he like got around the hypnosis. It, things like that are always either stretching it for me or. It was. I've watched a couple of things about this movie since then, and um, it was stuff that I picked up because they really foreshadowed like the him scratching on the chair and everything. Yeah, well, which he was le- scratching on the bedpost when his mom, when he was waiting for his mom, yep, because she was actually dead. Mm-hmm. He was scratching the bedpost, which is why he was scratching the chair when he went under hypnosis. Mm-hmm. So it was really well foreshadowed. Yeah, it was really cool. And then um, the. the this I didn't come up with by myself, but they were talking about how he literally, literally picks, picks cotton. cotton. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's that's one of my favorite things to say about this movie. It's I, just like he literally picks cotton to save his own life. Which is, I'm sure, very intentional. It's <laughs> It had to be. It, does it feel weird commenting on a movie like this? We're both white, so we don't have any of these like types of experiences of, of this of racism against yep. ourselves. It's a little surreal commenting on being like, this is so good and important for racism. Like, do you think that you feel good about saying that because we know that that's the consensus? Or... Um, so. My... We, don't, we don't have to touch on this if you don't want to. No, no, I'm fine with this. My stance here is basically, I'm not necessarily saying that my point of view is accurate to what a black person would feel watching this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that given the political climate that I can see and things that I've seen happen in the world that on an almost daily basis. Yeah. That this movie, like Hughes really close to like what's going on out Mm -hmm. in the world right now. I'm sure when Jordan Peele, like put this movie together, he was thinking about everything that's going on in America. Oh, definitely. Cause this was made last year, like during the election the, the election cycle. So, that's crazy. Yeesh. Yeah. It's good. It's really good. Can you... Like, oh, no. Go. no. I was going to say, like I said, like we touched on earlier, I think it's really important that this movie did such a good job of putting you in the protagonist's shoes to the point where it made us afraid of police. Yeah. Like, that's super effective. That, that's really effective. Um, can you think of any other movies similar to this movie that you might suggest to viewers? Are you talking from a psychological standpoint? Or are you talking from a political standpoint? Either um, or, because I no. Um, <laughs> okay, I can't either. I wasn't. I wasn't planning on prepared for that question. I will. I, I just thought of it. So it's a good question. I'm also not prepared for it. Um, the only thing I can think of that's similar-ish to this one from a um, 
a tonal standpoint and from a uh, con- not conceptual, but it's something along the lines of like invasion of the body snatchers, where it's you don't know who to trust yep. and and your um your concept of like this reality is is breaking down around you. Yep, um, I can see that th- things like that and. I wouldn't necessarily say something like Scream, but something along those lines, too, where you don't know who the killer is, because that's more of like a whodunit than right. a, a breakdown of a psychological thing. Yeah. So the, that's not a good example. I, I can't think of a good example. I feel like this movie stands out because of its un, uniquity? Uniqueness? Which of those is a word? Both? Sure. I'm talking to myself Good now. conversation. <laughs> cool. Um, so get out. So uh, get out. Recommend it? I would highly recommend it. Same. Okay. All right. So the second movie that we watched, we got to do some gymnastics here to figure out where what order we want to go in. So um, in preparation for this season, uh, I've been picking up a couple of Blu-rays throughout the year because I knew that I was going to want to watch them during this time. Um, after we watched the movies that Alex had um, provided, I had asked him, oh, hey, is there anything that you want to watch that I have? And eventually... Um, we got to this movie called The Gate. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot we watched this movie. <laughs> yeah, The Gate was awesome. I like The Gate. Um, the Gate is a 1986, I believe, 86 or 87. I think it was 86. Um, movie. Uh, it's a, it's like a, a children's horror movie almost. It's yeah. not very graphically violent or um, over the top with like nudity or, or swearing. There is no nudity at all. Sadly. Type of thing. Yeah, which is very sad. <laughs> Only a couple movies we watched tonight had nudity. Three of them. Um, Accurate. So less than half. And Boo. three of them were ones that you... you no, I'm not going to say suggested. that my choices were better, but I am going to say mine had more nipples per capita. I agree. <laughs> it's a fact. <laughs> so um, The Gate is awesome. I really liked it. It's a it's a classic '80s horror, uh, cheesy horror movie. Um, realistic effects, um, for the most part. <laughs> uh, so it this game this movie has one of the best practical in camera effects I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and what the so what the movie's about is the this kid who lives in a neighborhood. Um, his a storm knocks over a tree in his backyard, and it opens up a portal to hell. More or less. Obviously. And um, so demons start kind of coming out of the house or out of the hole and infecting his house. And him, his older sister, and his uh, metalhead buddy, Terry, have to band together and use a um, a metal album co- that references something called The Dark Book mm-hmm. to help seal the gate. And, Makes sense. Um, horror ensues. That is an accurate description. Yes. So you had never seen this movie, correct? I had never seen or even heard of this movie. What did you think? I liked it. I, I honestly, I think halfway through the movie, I looked at you and I was like, this is just like a kid's version of Evil Dead. And I'm going to stand by that statement. Mm-hmm. Like, a, a, a lot of things that happen in the movie made me think of specific scenes in Evil Dead. And I'm like, this is just like if I wanted to show Evil Dead to a kid. So, like, it was a lot of fun um, a lot of stuff that happened was kind of funny, mm-hmm. maybe because it was just campy 80s stuff, but like, I, I really enjoyed a lot. Um, the main kid, I can't remember his name. He had 
great witty comebacks to his sister's friends that were like i was like you can't be as young as you are saying that stuff some of his zingers were insane (laughs) they were insane so that was always had me laughing the effects in this movie were really good um i loved the effect where things are crawling in the wall and the wall is all like bulging out and moving Mm -hmm. that was really cool stranger Um, things ripped that off yeah in more modern times the um, nightmare on elm street did it as well the uh, effects the the effects of the um, the little like demon little creatures. demon things were really amazing mm-hmm. until they had to interact with the like background. Yeah, so, like there were a few scenes where I was just like, okay, that didn't that didn't go so well. But it was a green screen, and we were also watching it. To be fair, on a Blu-ray conversion on an yeah. HD TV, I bet you that would have played a lot better in standard definition. Yeah, I agree, but I'm just saying. Um, no, yeah, you gotta. Look I at the really blemishes. liked. We watched uh, one of the making of like features afterwards. I really liked that they made a gigantic shoe, mm-hmm. so that they could just do like perspective instead of green screening it. Yep, which was really cool. Um, it was a really fun movie. It was. It, it was. was. It was fun. That's the the operative word there, mm-hmm. which is um, pretty unique in i mean you want to have fun when you're watching a horror movie but this wasn't like overly horrific like i said it wasn't overly violent there was some like graphic stuff to the point um when there's a point where terry has been possessed Mm -hmm. and um the main character once again i don't remember his name steven dorf is the guy actor who plays him so little um little deacon frost uh shoves (laughs) a barbie into his eye and like pulls it out and it's all bloody and everything the part where he is like out um you th- I think he thinks his parents have come home and his dad starts to choke him mm-hmm. and he starts like clawing at the dad's face and like it breaks apart and like pours this like flesh colored goop all yep. over him. That was awesome. Um, Tiffany would. Are you going to talk about the phone? Uh, yes. Because that's, yeah, I was going to bring that up. I, I would be remiss if um, I didn't bring up Tiffany in this one because, uh, so the way that I found this movie was. Uh, Four years ago, three to four years ago, maybe five, I don't remember. Um, the Angry Video Game Nerd every year does this thing called uh, Monster Madness, which mm-hmm. is he does reviews of old horror movies in October, one a day type of deal. and Or he used to. And one year he did a thing called 80s-a-thon, and this movie was on it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was looking for just some spooky movies to watch one night, uh, and I went on his thing and i was like oh, okay that's cool i wonder if that's on netflix and it was and so i was like come on tiffany we're gonna watch this movie and i know it's going to be good because i saw him do the review on it and like the practice like, some of the stuff they showed off was great and i knew it wasn't going to be overly scary based on the things i'd read yep we started watching it and tiffany goes i've seen this movie i was like really have you have and she's like yes this movie if certain things happen in it i know i've seen it and so apparently when she was younger, she her father had watched this movie at one point and she had either come in during a specific point or was walking by and caught two or three things that have stuck with her her entire life. Mm-hmm. Specifically, there's a moment where they get a phone call, they pick it up, it's the demons, and then the girl who's answering it, I think her name's Al, um, she hangs up the phone and the phone then melts mm-hmm. and crumbles in on itself in like all this stop motion 80s glory and yep. it looks so good it looks like it's like bleeding all over the wall but it was a red phone so it just melted looks awesome that terrified her and um there's a point where they're 
standing in front of a bed and monster hands just reach out from underneath it and grab you. It was at that point, I think, when we were watching this, when I looked over to you and I said, this is like um, Kid Fears the movie. Yep. Just like everything a kid could ever fear yeah. in one movie. It's like your greatest hits because there's monsters under the bed. There's zombies coming back to life. There's um, uh, like your parents turning on you. Yep. There's like the non-safety inside your house. Uh, there was... Um, the levitation thing was creepy. Like yep. uh, they were like, doing, they were having a party, and there was like this weird levitation stuff. Um, literal demons coming out of your floor. Seems legit. Yeah, it was a good movie. It was. Um, my favorite sequence in the movie is there's a zombie that's chasing them because earlier in the movie Terry had like told this fib to his uh, to his friend about how oh a construction worker died while they were making your house and he was stuck in the walls and we've never seen him ever before or never seen him again. And so that zombie construction worker comes out <laughs> and he, this shot's amazing because it's a, it's a, from the behind, you're, so you're looking at the zombie from behind and in the corner, you can see the two of the kids, the zombie falls forward, hits the floor. And when he hits the floor, he splits into like eight little demon monsters. Yep. It's all done in camera and it's all done in the same shot. And it is amazing. It's really good. Oh, such a good movie. Yeah, it was a really good movie. Um, can you think of any similar movies that you would suggest to our listeners? Anything that came out in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why, but one movie, and it's not even a horror movie, one mm -hmm. movie that like it reminded me of, maybe because it's just like a kid's movie that I liked when I was a kid, was mm -hmm. The NeverEnding Story. Okay. Um, just because it's that kind of like kid's movie mm -hmm. that almost crosses a line for kids because i remember okay. being traumatized by the never ending story never ending up. story the stuff with the wolf was terrifying the stuff with the wolf was terrifying the stuff with the horse was just oh, traumatic yeah, right. yep um and falcor kind of scared me when i was a kid because he just looked his, weird his bubbles were weird and like that. um but like that's what i i kept thinking of that movie when i was watching mm -hmm. this not necessarily because it's a similar movie in terms of the same genre, but mm -hmm. it has a similar feel to it. Oh yeah, I can totally see that. Like like you said, eighties style and like yeah. with the stop motiony stuff. Yeah. Um. The the portion of Pee Wee's adventure where he interacts with Large Marge feels like this because it's almost like over the top and campy, and then you have that like stop motion effect on her face. I've never seen that movie. Oh, it's a good one. I I like it. So the, another cool thing about this movie that I really like is. For what it is, a 80s kind of schlock monster, not a monster movie, but a horror movie, mm -hmm. um, kids horror movie, the script is really tight. Really tight, um, yeah. Everything that gets introduced in the beginning pays off at the end, like, because they're, they're talking about, um, like, uh, uh, rockets. Rockets. I want, I want, uh, yeah, rockets. They're yeah, just rockets. You can just call them rockets. They're, um, like the little mini rockets, like the rocket kits that people build and shoot off and, all that comes back and there's a lot of like metaphor for like growing up and maturing yeah. and getting yeah. older in this which works out really well for a kids horror movie there were there were a lot of things where i pointed out and i was like Chekhov's gun that's gonna come back oh yeah there, there was there was a literal gun but there were also the rockets Chekhov's rocket um there was one other one where like there are just all these like tiny things that you're like that's definitely gonna come back mm -hmm. because i've seen movies before in my yeah. life and it definitely paid off completely. Yeah. Which was great. Great movie. Um, the the portion where uh, he gets like an eyeball in his hand. Oh, terrifying. Like, the effect wasn't the best, 
but the concept just freaked me out. Yep. And then he like stabs it. Oh, great, 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 great. So would you recommend this? Wholeheartedly. Spoiler mm. alert. I think that there's going to be a very similar tone to the all these tonight. Uh, this movie was awesome and I wholeheartedly recommend it. I, I agree. I don't know if it's still on Netflix, um, but uh, pick up the DVD. Uh, the DVD um, is put out by uh, this company that's been remaking or remastering all these old, oh, sorry, not the DVD, the Blu-ray, all these old, um, not schlocky, but less n- well-known horror movies. And they put a lot of care into them. There's like four hours of like documentary footage that they made on this type of stuff. That's or, awesome. It's so good. Commentaries up the butt and everything. So that's The Gate. That it's is The movie. Gate. Good movie. What's the next movie we watched, Alex? So the next movie we watched was, it came out last year called Lights Out. Mm. Came out in 2016. This is probably going to be the movie that we're the least hot on. Or at least D- Dwight will definitely. Yes. This is um, the first movie we watched, and I think it set a fun tone for the rest of the that, that's, day. That's why we watched it first. Yes. To be fair. Um, I don't know if it's the worst movie, but it was probably the one I enjoyed the least. I could agree to that. Um, I know what my worst worst movie is, but we will get there. <laughs> Eventually. Um, so, Lights Out came out in 2016. What year are we in? Um, 17, yeah. So, it came out in 2016. It's directed by David F. Sandberg. Um, it's based off of a short film that he made of the same name. And it is about a demon that lives in the shadows. Yes. Is, and terrorizes one specific family and you basically learn the origin story and really what's going on there but really it revolves around this girl who has moved out from her family's house and her little brother is kind of being terrorized by the demon and her mom is kind of like not possessed but living with the demon yeah you find out that she's like encouraging it right at first you don't know whether or not the mother can see it and then it's heavily implied that she's in cahoots with it i think it's it's heavily implied from the beginning that she is at least aware of it well because she they they let it be known immediately that she's crazy and so you kind of see her talking to herself and at that point i was like she's talking to the demon well yeah the moment the First moment that you see the demon, which is real, real early in terms of the boy seeing it, is pretty okay, early, yeah. and but and then immediately after you see the mom talking to herself, and you're so su- I'm pretty sure you're supposed to make that mental leap. Fair enough. And if you're not, then that's just then, sloppy. Then you a big dummy. Um, so that's that's basically the plot um, of Lights Out. Mm-hmm. So Dwight, this was your first uh, first viewing. What yes, did you it was. think? I think that David F. Sandberg is an awesome guy. Um, so some history with that. Uh, I saw the, I remember when the um, the Lights Out short was kind of like exploding over the internet. That mm-hmm. was the first time I, I caught it. And um, so this was like in 2014, 2013, roughly in there. Yeah. Um, and he, so David F. Sandberg has a YouTube channel and it's called Pony Smasher. And that's just his handle for that. Cool. Um, and he had made a bunch of little shorts like this with his wife. Um, her name's Lotta and she's actually in the movie. She's uh, the secretary or the person who's working in the factory in the beginning yep. in, in, the, in the, the scary factory. I think it's, the, I think they just manufacture fright because scary factory, whatever mannequins, they manufacture scary mannequins. <laughs> 
I think. Um, but anyways, so he had made like a bunch of like short films um, that were all horror in tone. And every one that he had, he would do like, he would, the shorts would be like two, two to three minutes. Mm-hmm. He would make like 15 minute documentaries on like how he created the effects and how he did that. So he was just, he's always been about like the craft and like yep. the love of the making of these things and wanting to like share that joy with people. So when I found out that he was directing a feature length film version of his short, I got pretty excited because I think he's a really cool guy. Yep. Um, never saw it because it looked kind of, eh. um, I followed the projection production journals and stuff like that that he was doing. So, um, what do I feel about this movie? It was a very good short. Um, <laughs> as we were watching it, we said a couple of things to each other that I think holds true. And that's this movie had four to five really good ideas for set pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a sequence with like a black light that they're using. Um, so cool. Which is amazing. I think the entire third act was really well executed overall. Um, but continue. Yeah. Uh, there was like the, um, the part where the, the girl is asleep and there's a neon light outside that's flashing mm-hmm. on, flashing off, flashing on, flashing off. That was really cool. The gunfire. Yeah. The gun. Um, yeah. Was it the, the, the police that were firing the gun or was um, it? I think. Yeah. Someone's firing a gun so. and like, you can see it's disappearing when the guns flash, uh, the muzzles flashing. That's really cool. All the middle stuff was just kind of, eh. It was all exposition dumps right in the middle. It was. Which is what really didn't work for me. I think when this movie functioned as a horror movie, it worked well. Yep. When it started doing exposition dumps to try and make me, like, understand what the monster is, Mm -hmm. I was less interested. Like, just give me horror. Like, I don't don't necessarily need background information. I, I don't need to know why this monster exists. Mm-hmm. It's fine for you to set the monster up as like somebody from the mother's past, but they went way too deep. And like, yeah, like saying why she got hurt by um, light. Light didn't like yeah. why the light hurt her, why she was attached to this family, yep. uh, why she was crazy, why she looked the way she looked. It was yeah. just like, this is stuff that doesn't, it's make the monster more scary. 100% it, superfluous. It just slows the, the movie down it yeah. or pads it out. I don't know. It would have been fine. It might have worked if it had been like sprinkled in. Mm-hmm. But it was very clear like the first third of the movie was horror. Yep. It was setting up the monster. So we got to see it like the, the tattoo parlor scene that you were talking yep. about where the, the light's flashing in her apartment. And then the third act where it's literally just balls to the walls like fighting the monster mm-hmm. in the house. Those work because they're just standard horror yep. with cool concepts around it. Mm-hmm. The middle bit was literally just exposition dumps left and right. And it was just people talking. Yep. It wasn't even like showing us yep. stuff. It was just like someone like, yep, I'm going to read this thing. It would have been much better if basically um, Teresa Palmer's character, who's the main girl, um, if they had made it, I think her name was Becca. Um, if they had made it so Becca was like, having to do detective work to find it mm-hmm. and like going to talk to people. And then those people start telling a story and then you get a flashback. Yeah. I think more flashbacks would have helped this. I agree. Cause you can make flashbacks be scary. Yep. So then you can stay with the pacing of having horror stuff happen in the middle of your horror movie. Yep. I agree wholeheartedly. So like overall, I still like this movie. I own it. Like, yeah. But I feel like it falters 
in trying to set up the mythology a little too much. Yeah, I agree. The middle pacing is off. Yep. Um, like you were saying, the beginning is great because it's establishing like a mythology, not, not a mythology, um, establishing the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rules are like, we're learning them as mm-hmm. it's going on. And it's learning by seeing as opposed yep. to learning by telling like, oh, it can't be in the light. It uh, it's It's clearly attached to this kid because it follows him yep. to this other location where he is. The very first scene really sets up the the monster well with the father in his work mm-hmm. in the um, in like the pools of light and, and everything. The, yeah and the motion sensor lights yeah really cool like that that's really well done i agree it was they had really really good concepts yes just poor execution on some parts i would agree um and like i don't mean to be like on a lot of it but uh, cinematography was nothing crazy special yeah um the acting was fine there was a moment where i remember saying to you um oh this kid actor is actually pretty decent and then there was like a terrible kid actor reading where immediately after that um so the 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 kids hit or miss i i think the kid really excelled when he just got to be him but when they asked him to say stuff that like really just didn't fit for a kid trying to be like creepy kid type of deal it just didn't work like uh, it was when he when she opened the door for him and he said something and you were like, never mind. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, Come on. I I agree with you that the cinematography was nothing special, but like most modern horror movies aren't really sold on their cinematography. Like, especially studio movies, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty sure this was. Oh yes. Um, especially studio movies like they almost feel it almost feels like they're promoted to have the most the blandest I, cinematography uh, i'm not saying all of them I was gonna say, but I i'm agree saying with you, but another movie we watched tonight literally breaks that I, expectation. I, I agree with you but that's the exception not the rule yeah i, I think feel it comes down to direction i yeah but i feel like when you look at horror as a whole like we talk about these specific horror movies that are great mm-hmm. we're living in a horror renaissance there are like a hundred horror movies that come out every year that they get put, turned out like they're nothing. Yeah, that are just and like ninety nine percent of them are awful. But we're talking about the special ones. So Fair enough. Like this one is better than. Are we? What's the last movie we're going to talk about today? <laughs> is it a special one? Yes. Moving on. That was a special one. Sorry. Um. So yeah, the cinematography on this is fairly bland, but it's not bad. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's not offensively bad. I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. So, so that's like you recommend us. Yes. Um, movies that are similar to this one. There's oh, one right off I the bat. To, am I supposed to ask that? Yeah. I was, hey, I was, do, can you think of any movies that are similar to this one? Hold on. Let me give me a second. Let me try to figure out something. Yeah. Darkness Falls. This movie reminds me 100 percent of Darkness Falls. Yeah. Um, I think Darkness Falls has the opposite issues as this one. Darkness Falls has great mythology, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Well, because and it's based... less scary. <laughs> I will agree with that. And the third act is garbage. And like, it's there's yep. some really like it's literally big just issues. the inverse of this movie. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. It's really the mythology behind it is so cool. That's how I watched it. Like yeah. somebody was like, "Have you seen this movie? That's about blah blah blah." And I was like, "That sounds so cool." <laughs> yeah, it, it's it because it made the creature or the the opposing force into more of like a fairy tale yep so that's a lot more interesting to me as opposed to a demon that's attached itself to someone's soul even though it's not a demon and a a malevolent 
mean lady. Yes. Mean child. But Darkness Falls is my answer. Anything, I agree. Anything for you? Or um, Darkness Falls? I I can't think of a movie, but I'm just going to go and say uh, Quiet in the Library, <laughs> the Doctor Who episode. Oh, okay. With um, the Vashna With the Vashna Narada. Because this monster just reminds me of the Vashna Narada. And because it lives in the shadows. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it, it, this movie made me think of the first time I saw it. So mm. it's a two-part episode from Doctor Who with David Tennant. Series four. Series four. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. What we watch next, Dwight? Okay, so the movie we watched after this, um, I believe, I think you said this was your favorite movie of the night. Or it was at least the, your favorite one that I showed you. Um, the movie we watched next is called Night of the Creeps. This movie is incredibly creative, I think. I agree. So um, this movie came out, I believe, in 87, 87, 88, somewhere in there. Maybe 89, 86. I think it was 86. 86. I I like the year 86, apparently, because half the movies that we we watched from me were there. I'm going to look it up. I think you're you're probably right. So this movie is great because it starts... I'm just going to go through um, a little bit of the plot here. It starts on a spaceship with this like guy in a rubber suit alien monster running through the hallways carrying this like giant canister. Can I say what something. it looks like? Sure. The monster the, the aliens look like a penis. Yeah, it looks like it looks and, like and a the big head looks dick. like a nutsack. Yep. It, <laughs> it, it was great. Um, <laughs> so it's running through the hallways. It's like and it it shoots this um this weapon out into outer space and the weapon crash lands on Earth in the 1950s. And this is awesome because this whole sequence in the 50s is done in black and white and it's shot just like a 50s movie with like these people on sorority row Mm -hmm. going out to get his best gal and we're going out to make out point and we're gonna uh and then all of a sudden a meteor flies by and they go and they inspect it and um or these two these two kids do and then but also at the same time they're listening to the radio and on the radio it's talking about how there was a escaped axe murderer from the asylum down the street literally and um he's on the loose mm-hmm. and so they uh they go and they find the canister and this guy uh the the this jerk dude gets infected by the alien um uh, slug slither slug monster slug, things slug seems right um it's a bioweapon or something like that. And then the girl who's been left in the car gets killed by an axe murderer. Um, and then we cut to uh, 29 years later or something like that. In the present day, in the 80s, and everything is um, back in color now. And it's your standard 80s um, just schlocky movie. Yep. Uh, and it's great. It is great. So one of the things that I loved about this movie... Mm-hmm was how much it references other horror. Like, I... Because I love horror, every time they mentioned a character's name, I was and I was just like, oh, Carpenter. Yep. Oh, Raimi. Oh, like, all, all these Cronenberg, names. Cronenberg. Da- Dante. The girl's I think they mentioned Joe Dante. Pro- I Joe think Dante? so. Yeah. Um, they, they mentioned all these names, and I'm just like, oh, those are cool little yep. things. But then beyond that, I'd watch a scene, and I'd be like, oh, man... This really reminds me of this horror movie. And it just, it seems like this movie influenced a lot of future horror. Like, I agree. Slither, especially, which mm-hmm. is a movie that I love. Yep. Um, a lot of scenes, especially the end scene where they, ki- uh, they fight the 
big like sl- amalgamation of all yeah, the slugs. amalgamation of all the slugs and they blow it up with fire like I'm I'm just like okay this just reminds yeah. me of the end I of I think Slither. James Gunn saw this movie yes, at one James point. James Gunn must have seen this movie. But even beyond that there was a lot of stuff that just felt like it influenced yeah. future horror um but I think the where this movie really excels is in its comedy. This, oh, this, yeah, is, this is way this more is a straight comedy. comedy and it is so funny. Um yeah, what no, do we it, it, it's great. Uh, the, I was reading about it and there's so many references to just horror tropes. Everything that happens in this movie is a cliche and yep. it's a cliche on purpose. Yep. You have the grizzled veteran um, police officer who drinks himself to sleep every night and hates his life and yep. wants to kill himself, um, but he's dragged back in, out to the force where he has to deal with an issue from his past because his girlfriend is the one who got killed by the axe murder at the beginning when he was only on the job for two weeks after she had broken up with him. Um, and then you have your nerds who are being beaten up by the jocks and they have to go and they have to do a prank and yep. then they end up releasing... Um, the guy who got the slug in his mouth and now that guy's a zombie and he's going around and his head's exploding and all these extra slugs are going around and they're infecting everyone else and you have like the love interest who hates her boyfriend and falls for one of the nerds and like one of the most like cliched sequences that's just them walking around talking oh i don't think he likes me very much um you've got the the best friend who's the over-the-top comedic relief yep. always is like the smart ass knows exactly what to say um it devolves into a zombie movie by the end of it which like is amazing some awesome like gore that was the other thing um dead, dead alive, alive. Uh, the, with the lawnmower yeah the guy uses the lawnmower like dead alive does it's great it was it was a really great movie uh overall i think it was the best of the old horror movies that we watched mm-hmm. i think it was not only the best but the most fun oh man i want to say most fun but maybe not oh we'll get there (laughs) um it was the (laughs) it was the best for good reasons how's that okay yes i'll give you that (laughs) if you want like this is a movie i don't know about you this is a movie i would watch again like by myself to enjoy a good movie yeah this isn't a schlocky movie that benefits on watching in a group Mm -hmm. Uh, this is just a good movie. Yep. It's just a great movie, especially if you're familiar with the genre and enjoy yes. like the silly tropes, like it, you were talking it's about. It's almost like a, a scream before scream was scream because it's it gets it doesn't get as meta as scream yep. does. Like the people don't know about movie tropes per se, yep. but it comments or it touches on every single trope. Yeah, or a lot of tropes. I agree. Like, you've got, like, the sorority house, the frat house, the sorority, like, the old sorority mother and stuff like that. It's just really well done. Like, they have to kill them with fire. That's a big deal. And um, you've got just... This movie had the most realistic um, portrayal of a dorm room that I've ever seen in a movie. The Where the two main characters live, it felt like just a closet, which... Usually you yeah. see dorm rooms and like TV shows and stuff like that, and they're these massive, expansive things. You're like that would have been a triple at my school, at least. And there's yeah. one person living in yep. it. But this one, it was it felt like just a closet. It was really cool. Yeah, it was a it was a really fun movie. I wholeheartedly agree. So, is there any movie that you think this one's like? Um, I think we already touched on it. Mm-hmm. Um, like it. it pretty much influenced a lot of future horror comedies mm-hmm. in my opinion um 
I could see a little bit of Tucker and Dale here. I could see Dead Alive. Um, even like Gremlins 2. Was Gremlins 2 after this? Uh, yes. Gremlins, but Gremlins, Gremlins 1 was before Gremlins it. 1 was 84. Gremlins 2 was 90. So really not Gremlins 2. Gremlins probably influenced this one. It definitely Because Joe Dante's name's it, in it. I would imagine. Um, Slither. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it felt like a lot of horror comedies that I've seen before, which is why I liked it. I agree. It was very, um, very good. Would you suggest this? Oh, wholeheartedly. Um, it has. <laughs> I some, agree. Yes, it, it has some really good horror effects, um, some really good like physical effects, which is what I think is important for if you're going to watch a movie from back then, yep. is how is your like physicality of your um, props and everything like that. Yep. And this stuff was great. Um, it was clearly a, it clearly had a budget. Like this definitely was treated well by whoever made it. Which I is, agreed. Awesome. I don't even remember who made it. Not me. I wish it was me. It was. Oh. Oh, okay. It was me. So, um, Alex, what was the next movie that we watched? So, this was the last modern horror movie that we watched. Um, and it was The Conjuring. Ooh. Directed by James Wan. Yes. Um, of... Fast and Furious 7 fame. That's all that he's known for, especially since it came out after this movie. James Wan is one of the best modern horror directors working in horror. He also was the producer on Lights Out. Yes, he was. um, Because Lights Out... No, Lights Out's not part of the Conjuring universe. It's not. But he, I think, is the the person who discovered... "Quote unquote," David F. Sandberg. Right, and then he directed. Um, David F. Sandberg directed Annabelle Creation. Correct. The fourth movie in the Conjuring universe. universe. Yep. Apparently, there's another one coming out. Um, another Annabelle movie? No, another movie in the Conjuring universe called like with, The Nurse or The Nun. The, the Nun. It does it deal with the Warrens, like the Warren family? Or? I don't think it deals with the Warrens. I haven't seen Conjuring two, but okay. I think it's related to you know how like Annabelle yep. is spun off. I think it's something that happens in. Conjuring, Conjuring 2. 2 that they reference. Okay, I think I know what, what it is then. Okay, so The Conjuring is about the Warrens who are, t- uh, are a husband and wife who deal with paranormal activity or help people deal with paranormal activity in their homes. So these are two real people um, that existed in the real world that did this for for a living. They still exist. They're still um, alive. Or one of them alive? is at least. Okay. Um, so they're notoriously famous. Notoriously famous. That sounds redundant. They are famous for having dealt with the Amityville horror case. Yes. Um, but this movie deals with them um, going to a house and helping a family with, I think, four girls and a husband and wife. Um Five yeah, girls? There were seven of them, so five girls. Five girls, a husband and wife, um, deal with a demon in their house. <laughs> Air quotes. It's a witch, right? Um, so they call it a demon a lot, but I think, you, yes, it's a witch. I, at least like the soul of a witch. Yes. So th- there's a lot of lore behind that that you get in good exposition dumps. It is good exposition dumps. The, w- the way that this movie was structured really yes. caught me off guard it because w- what I thought it was going to be was I thought it was just going to be um, we meet the Warrens 
and then they go to the conjuring house and then we discover what the conjuring house is all about through the warren as our pov characters and they're learning about it through there but that's not how it's structured at all it's structured from we meet the warrens and we meet the other family and then we get kind of this intercut um like we follow the Warrens as they're going about their circuit uh, life of like mm-hmm. talking about their past cases. They start off with talking about the Annabelle doll and that stuff. And, but we also see this other, the family move into the house, get settled. And then the creepy things start to happen. Yep. They, they discover the basement, which blew my mind. Cause I was like, how can you move into a house and not know where the basement is? Yeah. Not know where the boiler well, is. Well, that was, that, that was the moment where I was like, wait a minute, something's not right here because the, the boiler was in the basement, and there was the moment where he was like, oh, the heat's not working. I'll fix the boiler in the basement. In the basement we didn't know was there yesterday? Yeah. Come on, guys. <sighs> um, so, like, and then eventually, during, like, the second act, the two storylines converge. So yeah. that was really, I wasn't expecting that. It was, it was really well cool. Done. Really, really well done. I yeah. agree. I like it because it doesn't shell shock you when it drops you into the, oh, I don't remember the name of the family, but... Um, when it drops you into the haunting, it doesn't shell shock you. You already, you already feel, um, like attached to the family and the characters. Like you've gotten to see the daughters play in the house and you've gotten like to see them husband interact with the wife, like getting to have the setup Mm -hmm. for the characters beforehand means that when the two stories can, uh, converge, it's not shell shocking. You yep. already are familiar with all of these characters, and you're you're happy to see them all together yep. because you know that the Warrens can fix this type of right. problem, and the, the family that you like has this problem. Right. So it's you know, it's like a good Avengers team up. Yep. Um, and like I really liked. Speaking of, we were talking earlier about how modern horror movies don't need to have good directing. This movie's directing is out of this it's world. Phenomenal. It's so good. It really um, is. It uses like long tracking shots to help you establish a sense of uh, just relationship as to where the rooms in this yep. house are so you can get a layout. So when you see someone in the kitchen and you hear a noise in the living room, you know that that's two rooms yeah. away. Um, I feel like movies that take place in one house need to learn from this movie. I agree. Like when you... Um, I'm going to reference a movie that you haven't seen mm-hmm. that we were supposed to watch. Um, Don't Breathe actually has a very similar tracking shot where oh. it sets up where everything is in the house. Like you start in the kitchen, you go over to the laundry room, you turn around, you like mm-hmm. shows you the bathroom. It shows you the entire layout of the first floor. That's important. So because it's important, this is a home invasion movie. I'm talking about Don't Breathe. Yep. Um, so like when you, when your entire movie takes place in one small area Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be that hard for you to establish where things are in relation to each other because it's inevitably going to be important because of the size of the area you're in Mm -hmm. Um, a movie that does that kind of bad but is still a good movie is something like um, the Babadook Mm -hmm. they never have a point where you get like an idea of how this how big this entire house is right but it's not important for that movie but something like the conjuring where you have things moving and stuff like that yeah. is like it's you, important you'll hear a camera go off in one room and you'll be like okay now i know where the demon is mm-hmm. because you don't even need to see it you just hear the camera 
And it's a great use of sound in that regard. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just like, okay, that came from that direction. That's the living room. Okay, the demon's in the living room. Yep. It's really, really well executed. Or when you have, like, that person who, I think it's the camera goes off outside. And so, like, they go outside yep. and they start seeing, like, the wind chimes or are making yep. wind chime noises. And you're like, okay, it's outside. Yep. Really, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and to the point where you have um, uh, Lorraine. Is that the name of the, the Mrs. Warren? Lorraine Warren. Um, Sounds right. What's her name? Um, Vera, Vera Farmiga. Farmiga. Vera Farmiga. Farmiga. Um, she's awesome. She plays uh, Mrs. Warren. Um, where, when she like falls through the floor and yep. like goes all the way to the basement, and it's like almost like a side tracking shot of her falling. It's yeah. like a Simpsons gag, but it's really. Cool, because there was a point where we were like, okay, she's in the basement now, but it was like a different angle than we yeah. had seen. So we were like, we know where she's supposed to be, but where exactly? And it was just, well, good you know, just misdirection and yeah. direction. Oh, that was, that, was, that was one thing that I did like. Like, we talk about that he's, he, uh, the director established like where things are in relation to each other. Mm-hmm. When The first time we went down into the basement, we get one shot of the basement because I, I think for the express reason of not knowing the rest of the basement mm. that was clear withholding for a reason so when she falls through we're a little confused too because yeah. i remember the first time i saw the movie i was like where is she is she in the basement like this doesn't look like the basement but it was it was <laughs> spoiler alert something else that this movie did that i love is it had a moment where you see the when the warrens first arrive to the house and like they're walking through and they're meeting the family and like um, they're trying to see if something weird is happening. Um, as when they leave, and um, the two Warrens are talking, and and Lorraine's like, "No, this is what I saw." And like then it flashes back, yep. and you see everything from her perspective of like, "I saw the demon attached to you as you were standing in right. the stairs. I saw the demon behind your people when we were out by the tree. I saw the demon or the um the, the witch. witch hanging from the tree and like then they go back and she like kind of confirms everything that they said yep. and that made like it was such a satisfying moment of like being like these people aren't lying they aren't just like it's they're not crazy this is all stuff that they wouldn't have known it mm-hmm. was great great written movie uh, it was so much fun i think the great thing about this movie this is one of those movies that if it hadn't had an amazing director it probably just would have been another generic haunting movie mm. and exorcism movie because it just becomes an exorcism in the end. Yeah. Um, it really would have just devolved into genericism. Is that a word? Yes, um, it is. Because uh, there, there were things about this that did feel generic yep. as we were watching it. I think I was commenting on like the music is swelling now. That right. tells me that I'm supposed to feel happy about this. Or was that during that Get was Out? Lights that I was out. saying that. Was it Lights, Lights out? out was the first time you said it, but I think we said it every movie we watched the entire night. Yes, because uh, <laughs> it was just a very like obvious thing. Once you start watching a bunch of movies back to back, you're like, okay, I see the filmmaking techniques here. Yep. But like there was things like that in this that were just very stereotypical horror movie but it it was the other portions of it that elevated this movie above your standard horror crap agree um so good i'm so happy james wan is still making spooktacular movies like this i still haven't seen um any of the insidious movies but i know he did those as well i saw the first two the first one's great Mm -hmm. the second one eh that's too bad they're coming Um, out with the third one too the third one already came out i never saw it it wasn't directed by him Um, was it was it written by by his writing partner? I have no idea. 
the guy who wrote the first Saw movie with him, uh, Lee Wennell, he wrote at least the first Insidious. I, I will, I'll take your word for it. Um, can you think of any movies similar to this? Yes. Um, speaking of movies that aren't that good, that are generic direction, I think it's called Skeleton Key. Skeleton Key, yep. Is that a movie yep. that exists? Yes, it is. That movie strikes me as very similar to this, yep. at least in setting and tone. Yep. Um, because it was a old mansion with spooky, ghosty things happening. I remember watching that movie and not disliking it, but something like this is just a step above a movie like Skeleton yeah. Key. So, uh, when you say Skeleton Key, that actually makes me think of The Others, which is... Is that the Robert the De Niro one? Nicole Kidman. Okay. It's uh, Nicole Kidman, and she's in this house with her children. It's okay. eerie. I haven't watched it in a long time, but Skeleton Key and The Others are connected in my mind for some reason, and I have no idea why, honestly. Is it is Naomi Watts in Skeleton Key? She's in Skeleton Key, yeah. Okay, that's what I was... Um, but in terms of um, movies that are very much director driven mm-hmm. and have like very good visions similar to The Conjuring, I would suggest Don't Breathe or It Follows. Okay. Two very well shot movies that are clearly directed by somebody that is competent and knows what they're doing. And has a, a concept for a cohesive tone yep. and style throughout yep. the entire movie. Specifically, those, uh, It Follows. It Follows, yeah. Those, those are our two movies. The, those three movies, so Conjuring, Don't Breathe, and mm-hmm. It Follows, are three that I think are three of the best, um, like, legit horror movies that have come out in the last, like, five years. Hmm. Stay away from movies like The Boy and stuff like that, which I think... I saw The Boy. How was it? It was awful. Right? Yeah. <laughs> now, now, see, how does a movie like that... Why is that awful versus a movie like The Conjuring? Because from looking at them, they seem like they would be similar in tone, shot similarly, yep. that type of stuff. Like, what about that makes that one bad and this one good? The problem with The Boy was it, it, the concept of it. The okay. entire concept of that movie was just silly. The reason I watched it is because I thought it was just silly. Okay. And it exceeded my expectations <laughs> on how ridiculous the plot was. Um. Beyond that, it was literally just one person for like 90% of the movie, which kind of didn't work for me. It would have been better, like, spoiler alert, the doll isn't actually like possessed, the boy. (laughs) It's like someone like living in the walls. It's someone living in the walls. So like you don't get the same kind of fear you get when you're watching like Child's Play when you know Chucky is moving around and Mm -hmm. being terrifying. So you actually have a killer involved. Whereas this, the guy in the walls that's moving the doll around has no ill intent at first or for the first like half of the movie. He has no ill intent. It isn't until she has a love interest and he like sees it that he starts to get jealous. So boo. And by that point, you think it's ridiculous that there's a dude living in the walls because you don't find out about that until, like, the last, the third act. So, it gets stupid. It, it's really <laughs> just, I think that one's lost in the concept phase, not so much the uh, direction. Makes sense. Another movie I think is very, not similar to this one in concept, but I think tone is in, like, Crimson Peak. Yeah. Um That's another very director-driven movie. Very much. A, 
cohesive tone and concept of something. Were so. you just looking at your shelf? Uh, no, I, I was thinking about it, but I was double checking. I know it's over there. It's somewhere over there. It's all the way on the right on your Blu-ray shelf. Oh, um, the one. Uh, <laughs> what else is over? Uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. <laughs> and Jaws. And, um, so and Super Dwight, Mario Maker. What's What's the uh, next movie that we watched? Oh boy. <laughs> So we're kind of devolving now here. So we watched Alex's three movies, like I said. And then Alex had brought a fourth because you had brought Get Out. I brought Don't Breathe. Don't Breathe. And we are originally, we had planned to just watch three movies because we didn't want to kind of overload ourselves. We were like, oh, we'll just do the three and then we'll watch another one at some point down the road and record this awesome episode that you're listening to, (laughs) which is very short. And uh, we clearly only watched three movies. So um, <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Well, it was like only one o'clock or something like that or f- three. Yeah. It wasn't it was that late. pretty early. Um, and I was like, well, do you want to watch another one? Do you want Do you want to maybe watch a movie that I own? And so you looked through all my movies and you pulled out three for me to pick from. I pulled from. out three movies. Do you in, remember all three? In order, you pulled out Reanimator. That wasn't the first one I pulled out. Was Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Killer Clowns from Outer Space was first. I thought it was Reanimator. Okay, no. okay, no, because Killer Clowns was a Blu-ray. Yep. Killer Clowns, Reanimator, and um, oh, Ryder crap. Strong. Oh yes, Cabin Fever. <laughs> I like Cabin. All never... three, all three of those are very good movies that yep. I enjoy. Um, Cabin Fever was is probably the only good movie Eli Roth has ever made. Um. I could believe it. And it made me give him the benefit of the doubt on his later stuff. Yep. But unfortunately, he got sucked up into the whole torture porn crap, and I, I wish he hadn't, because what he made with Cabin Fever was great, because it was high concept, and I really liked it. Killer Clowns from Outer Space is just 80s insanity. You, um, you want a movie that's like Night of the, Night of the Creeps? Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Like, seriously. Those two movies are very similarly similar in tone. Yep. Um. But I picked Reanimator because I wanted to watch something. We had watched um, like really polished, really well-made movies. Right. And so I was like, let's watch something with a lot of stupid blood, stupid guts, and is just like, not schlock, but just low budget, relatively poorly made, and just almost like, a, I don't want to say a snuff film, but it's... Sn- it's snuff film's definitely yeah, not right. But it's almost like a... Um, like an accident movie. Like it feels really grainy it, and just low quality. It almost quality. feels like they were trying to make a B movie, mm-hmm. but taking it very seriously. It's almost like the director knew they were making a B movie, yep. but everyone else didn't. Well, because the, like yeah. the guy that plays Henry West, Herbert West, Herbert West was so like what over the top, Jeffrey Combs, ho- over the top ridiculous. Like I couldn't handle him because it seemed like he was trying to play the character serious. But the character very much was just ridiculous. The insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like everything about that movie was just so much fun. Yep. But uh, the whole time I was like, I don't know if this is a comedy or not. I like, don't think it was supposed to be. I think it was supposed to have humorous elements, but yep. I don't think it was supposed to be a straight up comedy. To me, it almost felt like a dead alive level of comedy. Mm-hmm. But I don't think this one was intentional. Yep. Almost... Like Evil Dead One, like the first Evil Dead, where okay, you're laughing yeah, yeah. and you're like, I don't think I'm supposed to be laughing at this. That's how I felt the entire time watching Reanimator. I can see that. I, I was like, Is this supposed to be funny? Like the really weird part where Disemboweled Head like um, like licks a person's like boob 
you're just very like, weird. You're just like, this is so weird, but I'm laughing. Is this supposed to be funny? <laughs> it was super over the top and just super creepy as well. Yes. It was like messed up. Um, so what reanimator is about? Speaking of reanimated heads licking boobs, glow sticks. Um, yes, lots of it is <laughs> about glow sticks. Um, so this is a, a movie that's based on an H.P. Lovecraft story. Yeah. Uh, specifically, the name of the story is Herbert West Reanimator. No way. Um, yeah, and so I'm pretty sure that the history of this movie was that uh, the guy who made it wanted to make a horror movie, and so he just picked an H.P. Lovecraft story because he was like, "That's scary. I can." It, it, and it was public domain. I can do this. And so he did. Um, uh, Stuart Gordon's the name of the director. And it's about a, this guy named Herbert West who has been studying um, death and people's reactions to death to the point where he has created a reanimating agent that he can bring corpses back to life. And he gets tangled up with a medical student um, whose name I don't remember. Same. Um, but he... Uh, moves in with him and starts performing. Exp- uh, Herbert West moves in with the medical student, starts performing I experiments. What's up, Dan Kane? Dan Kane. I remember because I thought it was Dean Kane. Oh, I wish it was Dean Kane. <laughs> um, Dan Kane was the med student. Ironically, Dan Kane, the Dean Kane, is dating the dean's daughter. Nice. Uh, I don't remember her name. Same. What's the name of the actress though? Barbara Crampton. Barbara Crampton is the name of the actress. <laughs> More on that later. Um, so. I'm going to let you explain that one. <laughs> Great. So, uh, and it's all about like the two of them starting to go around and more or less just reanimating corpses because uh, Herbert kills Dan's cat and then reanimates it in front of him. And that's the. M- I haven't seen this movie in a couple of years. I had forgotten how bad some of the effects were mm-hmm. because there's a point where a cat has been reanimated and it's attacking <laughs> Herbert and it's literally just a stuffed cat, like a dead cat doll yep. on his back. And, and Jeffrey Combs is just Jeffrey flailing. Just running around like with it flailing and then he like throws it against the wall and, and it, it leaves it, a it, huge it, splat. Yeah, a giant blood stain. Yep. And then like you see the cat like jump out at you and it's this terrible looking puppet. Um, this is a movie we were talking about Night of the Creeps having great effects. Other end of the spectrum yep. for the puppet stuff. Um, yeah, that was bad. Yeah, um, but it was so much fun. Like I, oh yeah, don't get me wrong, it's so a great much, movie. I had so much fun watching this movie, even though it's not a particularly great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it delivers on what it promises. It promises ridiculous zombie antics, and, and you oh, get it. It, it delivers. You get like psychic zombies at some point. It's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's weird. Um, so yeah, so you have the uh, Herbert's now at this college, and he's very antagonistic to uh, one of his professors, who was played by a man I don't remember his name. Nailed it. Um, and so apparently, this guy had stolen some work of Herbert's old professor, and uh, so Herbert just kind of like freaks out at him, and. Then once the um, the teacher discovers that Herbert has learned how to reanimate people, he goes to try to blackmail him. Herbert ends up killing him by cutting his head off with a shovel. And then he's like, 
oh, I've never reanimated parts before. Nice. And so he starts, so he reanimates the head, reanimates the body, and then the head starts to psychically control the body yep. to walk around. Makes sense. This movie is bonkers. It's, it's weird. It's off the rails. Like, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but boy, is it fun. It is. It doesn't need to make sense. It's like, this is I mean eighty four super schlock yeah. super, uh, super it's fun. it's very eighties it has that yep. very eighties feel to it uh, especially in its um uh what's the word I'm looking for visual style yeah, oh yeah um, uh, it's very flat like it's not yep sh- not creatively shot at all it's yep. like this is clearly someone's friend's house that we're going to uh, just throw some bottles and cans and uh, on the sidewalk or not on the sidewalk on on the side table and be like yep. He lives here. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's good. Can you think of any other movies that are similar to this one? Oh, geez. Uh, most zombie movies from the 80s. Um, like, this isn't as good, I would say, as, like, Return of the Living Dead. Um, this is more of, like, a mad scientist movie than it is a zombie movie because yep. it's about one guy who's trying to play God and be controlling. Yep. Um, huh, I don't know. Probably, like, Reanimator 2. Mm-hmm. I would That's imagine. Good suggestion. How about yourself? Uh, Dead Alive. Have I suggested that enough times at this point? No, you haven't. That's a good movie. I'm going to go with Dead Alive. I think we're gonna, Tiffany and I are going to watch it at some point. Just watch Dead Alive about it. if such, you haven't. So good. Um, um, this movie did had a lot of like fun zombie stuff. Like mm-hmm. At the end, once it started going into like the overall crazy gore, yep. that was really cool. To the point where like you had reanimated intestines strangling Herbert to oh, death. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. That was great. How many dongs did you count in this movie, Alex? Uh, I don't know, three or four. Which is impressive, because usually you don't go with the dong nudity. Yeah, there were a lot of naked men, and some of them were like burned, vi- burned victims yeah, and stuff. Yeah, just corpses from people. Yeah. It was weird. Yep, it was fun. A lot of boobs. Yeah, the, the <laughs> nice segue. What were your favorite boobs in the movie, Alex? So, uh, after this movie, I looked up Barbara Crampton. And we were looking at other horror movies. Apparently, she's been in, like, tons of Mm -hmm. horror movies in her career. And I was looking at the list of movies that she'd been in. And I was listing them off. And Dwight goes, wait, she was in that? And I was like, what? uh, The name of the movie is Chopping Mall. (laughs) And I I looked at him and I go, is that movie movie exactly what it sounds like? And he goes, no. (laughs) Because it's not. Because it's not. So he described the plot to me. And I went, we need to watch that. So we looked for it on Amazon, or uh, we looked for Hulu, it on Netflix, Hulu, Netflix, yeah. and then we got to YouTube, and it, it was on YouTube. The full movie's the full on YouTube. The full movie was on YouTube. He goes, it's only 75 minutes, and I go, we're watching it. <laughs> we, he put it on, so that was the next movie we watched. I'm going to go make a bold statement right now. This, this movie was the best viewing experience that we had all night. I wholeheartedly agree. That's why we saved it for last. This movie was so much fun to watch because it was so bad. It, it, was, just, it was an awful movie. It was a truly, oh, yeah. truly Hands terrible down. movie. But I had so much fun watching it. It was so funny and cheesy and the effects were ridiculously bad they were horrible it had one good effect and the entire like concept of it just like i was just like what that so, stupid so you hear chopping mall and what comes to your mind you think oh 
people trapped in a mall being chased by this guy, probably with an axe. Yeah, um, like walking like around murdering kids. In a mall, exactly. Basically. That's what I was expecting when yeah. I first heard about it. And you look at like the poster and it's like this severed hand holding a shopping bag filled with human parts that's yeah. leaking blood. And, and the like, tagline said something about like arms and parts or like Oh, Isn't man. like chop till you drop or something yeah. like that, or like oh, you'll man. shop the till you die. Or... Even made me think like um, you'd lose limbs. I think it said something along the lines of like, "There's a man walking around killing people with an axe in this movie. Come and see it." That's a hundred percent. That's the exact line. It's... It says where chopping where where shopping costs you an arm and a leg. Yeah, there you like go. that may, immediately made me think like, "Oh, like there's going to be dismemberment. There's yeah. going to be." And and a Dwight, psychopath. Would you like to tell me what the actual plot of this movie is? Yes. So you say, is that what this movie's about? And I say, no. <laughs> Chopping Mall is about a group of teenagers who get locked in a mall overnight. Um, and why, they are, why were they in the mall? Because they wanted to party. They wanted to orgy in front oh, of their friends. Oh, they, yeah, that's all it was. Was just a, a giant orgy. That was a weird part. Like, okay, let's, so the, let's get through okay, the plot before okay, we okay, okay. talk about that. Made, I would, that was what. What? What? Welcome to the 80s. <laughs> okay. So they're trapped in the mall, and roaming the mall are three new mall security guards that happen to be mad robots that are. Robots, tr- you say? Robots. Would you like, call them killbots? I would. <laughs> they, they actually kind of look like the killbots from Futurama. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I would call them killbots. So there's three killbots that have. Um, <laughs> Through the magic of, I assume, uh, just the 80s, they've gone mad because lightning strikes their um, <laughs> control box, I guess. And yep. it that immediately turns them from your new friendly security guards to just, like, conscious murderers. Calculated, yeah, too. Because yeah. like. the very first person that they kill is a security guard in the security guards booth. And this first one comes to life, and, like, it starts, like, kind of reaching towards the guy, and then he, like, turns around, and, like, the robot, like, pulls its arm back and, like, shuts down. So it's clearly, like, thinking about not wanting to get caught murdering people. So, (laughs) what? (laughs) But it's a robot. Yep. Um, So now now that's the basic plot, and then the kids have to uh, uh, survive the night. Dun dun dun. Um, so Alex, why are the kids in the in the mall? Oh, they they wanted to stay over for an orgy. Um, That's exactly what it is. Too. Literally. Oh, okay. So their plan is to have a party, which is only like eight there's, people. There's eight people. There's and eight, I think they all work in the mall. They're eight people. They all work in the mall, and they're all paired up. There's four boys and four girls, and literally their Convenient. their plan is to stay at the furniture store. Yep. Um, to have some drinks, dance around, and then bang on the beds and the couches and stuff. Exactly. Like, that. that's literally their plan. Three of them are, uh, three pairs are officially couples. Yes. And so one goes to a bed, one goes to a couch, another goes to another bed. And they're, but this they're is like, within like 20 feet yeah, of each they're other. right next to each it's other. Creepy. It's you want to talk about good directing. It's one tracking shot. Yep. <laughs> like, Gra- it's it, a great tracking shot <laughs> to show us all the creepy orgy that is going on it was super weird and then you have the other people like the, the final two who are nerds yep you have the nerds who aren't boning nope they're, they're watching, watching horror TV. movies yeah they're watching like a really really cheesy horror movie like too. a 50s schlock movie yeah. or something like that so um they're doing their thing mm-hmm. and then 
Uh, Here's something that we missed from earlier, and I oh, wanted Dick to bring Miller. it up. Yes, Dick Miller. So Dick Miller is one of the best character actors from the 80s, period. He was in um, Night of the Creeps, and he's in Chopping Mall. And I had forgotten that he was in Chopping Mall. Like I, I saw his name in the credits, and so I was like, awesome, Dick Miller's in this movie. Yep. And you're like, who is Dick Miller? Yep. And Dick Miller... Uh, People may, our listeners may know him best as Maury Futterman. I think it's Maury, Mr. Futterman from the Gremlins movies. Uh, that's Dick Miller. He's great. Um, he's been in a bunch of like Roger Corman movies, which apparently is where his character name from this, from Chopping Mall and yep. Night of the Creeps comes from. I think it's like Walter. Walter Paisley? He, yeah, he's always playing a character named Walter in these like one off roles. Which has come from Buckets of Blood? Yep, which is a Corman movie. Yep. Uh, which is awesome. So. Dick Miller gets murdered, and yeah. then... He's a custodian that's cleaning the floor, and then the killbot comes over and just murders the hell yeah, out of him. By electrocution, yes. which is pretty cool. Yep. Um, and so then, like, the, the killbot then continues to just systematically murder every single one of the kids. The, the best ones, the best and worst, are the first two kids that die. Because one guy goes out to get a pack of cigarettes... Yep goes out to get a pack of smokes he and goes out because the the girl forces him to yeah she's like i need a smoke after we banged so uh go get me cigarettes it's like these are in it for you and a move straight out of halloween she yep. flashes him yep um the guy goes off gets the smokes and then he gets choked to yeah, death they, they never really show exactly what happened to him he gets like what? shot with a taser dart yep and then he gets choked out i think he something. gets just choked out for a second, when she came over and found his body, I thought his head was going to slide off. I was hoping it was going to. Which would have been so cool, but no. He but, just had like a red mark on his neck, so clearly he got choked. Yes. Um, and this is the moment when I realized this movie was something special. <laughs> so up to this point, it's just been kind of like a... Gen- like it's It's been a bad movie, but it's been like ridiculous, like... Why are these things crazy yeah. just because like, of lightning strike? Oh, just, Dick Miller's here. We're just yelling about how stupid. Like, mm-hmm. the lightning struck it three times. Yes. Which we we were just making fun of. Yeah. So, we, the the girl has found the dead body. She finds the kill bot. The kill bot, once again, this makes no sense. It, like, breaks down a door. So, it must have, like, gone out this door, sat there, and waited for this girl to come, yep. come by. Breaks out of the door. I think there's only one at this point. Um, yes. So it starts to chase the girl. She starts to run back to her friends. As the mo- as the the monster as the robot turns the corner, it starts shooting laser beams out of its eyes. Yeah. Which was not so, established yeah. as part so of its power. To, to flashback before we get get through this, um, it was established in the opening scene of the movie that these killbots, sorry, these like guard robots, are non lethal. They can subdue criminals, but they are non-lethal. So why do they have lasers? They have laser eyes. They have like the ability to crush people's windpipes. Yep. Um, they have uh, they use the taser stuff taser with the stuff water. I get. Yeah, 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 that made sense. And and like yeah, but laser in the eyes. Yeah, which are strong enough too. If they start shooting at the girl, it hits her in the back, which like makes her stop. She turns around. It shoots her. In the face, and her head explodes. explodes. Like, and it's amazing. Yeah, this is on like the level it's of the so scanner's great. head explosion. This yes. is just a ridiculous, like, 
brain and like chunks of brain and skull everywhere which is awesome just oh my god and all of our friends are watching at this point yep because they heard her scream so they get splashed with like a little bit brain on the on the window of the uh furniture Furniture store which is awesome which which then leads to them all going like they're like okay we need to survive this night now because they've officially been locked into the um thing so they go to the gun store like your local friendly mall has just the gun store. Yeah, yeah. I I wasn't alive in the eighties, but I find it hard. Okay, I was alive for two months in the eighties. <laughs> if you want to get technical, um, I wasn't alive in the eighties, but I ha- find it hard to believe that there was like a gun store like that in the that mall. Was, that was selling like semi-autos. Like it was selling like AKs and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah. Or not AKs, but they had like, ridiculous they had assault weapons. rifles. Yes, easy. Like and it was insane. Yep. I was only alive for three years in the 80s, so I don't super remember this either because I don't remember going to the mall. We should 80s. ask somebody and update our listeners. Yes, if yes, or if someone in our listenership was in the 80s. Judd. Judd. <laughs> <laughs> um, let us know, please. No one specific. Just Judd. Yeah, Judd. Um, so... This kind of upset me because so it was they've split up at this point now. The three dudes are going to the gun store because only men can handle guns, and the three women are going to crawl through the air vents to try to get to the um, the restaurant that the two girls work at. They, that's not where they, they were trying to get to, like the garage to get oh, out okay. or something like that. They end up in the restaurant, right, right. but so the the there's two jockey dudes and then the nerd dude, yep. and the two jocks are like. Rambo. They have like two guns strung across their back. They're each holding one. One's got like a shotgun. The other's got like the the automatic rifle. And then the nerd dude is literally holding a pistol. Yeah, he's that's got it. A, that's he's all got he a took. revolver and a a can of gasoline, <laughs> like a can of propane. And that's it. That's their big plan. Yep. And then so now two robots have shown up, and this this was a great moment too because the first robot was shooting. Was the first one blue? First one was pink. First one was the pink. Second the second one, one shoots, blue. shoots blue. lasers. So we got really excited because clearly we knew there was a third robot. And the entire time I was just like, what color yeah. is the third we robot going to be? We narrowed it down to either green or yellow. Yes. And it turned out we were right. Yeah. But we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. It was green. Hold but your we'll breath, guys. <laughs> but so this leads to a standoff between two of the robots, robots numbered one and two. Mm-hmm. And the guys with their guns and this is like the lamest shootout ever because it's been established that the robots can't be hurt by bullets and the robots have the worst aim ever because there's there's lasers going through legs going around heads going by potted plants nothing i'm I'm shocked that they blew up that chick's head right (laughs) yeah well there was one shot where you were like that was really cool when the um when one of the robots breaks into the uh the furniture store and it starts shooting lasers oh, at all yeah. the people. Um, some lasers go through like uh, a like cabinet and like actually and like leave holes. Yeah, which was pretty cool. I thought that was really cool, but also really inaccurate. Come on, chopping mall. Yeah. Um, man, I I can't even begin to describe how ridiculous this movie is. It's but so eighties over the but top. But it's so much fun. Like, I. Uh, I don't even know. Like the one girl, they're climbing through the the ventilation system, and she's like, "Oh, George, or whatever the name mm-hmm. of her boyfriend was, he needs me." And she turns around, goes down, and then immediately gets killed. Like 
immediately. Yeah. In like a brutal way. She gets lit on fire. Yes. Like that was another moment where, where like the robot was like looming over her. She's holding a can of gas for some reason. Uh, and the robot They, they like, were making Molotov cocktails. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, in so the paint store. The, no. gir- the girls. In the, in the car store. Yeah. The girls want, or one of the girls wants to turn around and go help her boyfriend. So they climb out and they're in a car store. So they grab little cans of gasoline, put rags in them, and they're like, we'll make Molotov cocktails. They try once, and it has no effect. And it creates like a little line of fire yeah. in front of it. And they had like seven of them. So one of the girls is still holding hers. The the, the, um, the killbot shoots her in the leg, so she yep. falls over. And then it looks over at the can of gasoline, shoots it with the laser. It blows up. She catches on fire. And all of her friends sit there and watch her and burn she watches, to death. She brutally burns to death. And <laughs> it was insane. And then, like, her other... So her boyfriend gets, like, super pissed and is now, like, leading, like, a Rambo-style, like, suicide charge on all the other robots. Yep. He ends up getting... Because um, at this point, we've forgotten about the third one. Yep. So he makes it to the third floor where the third one lives. And that guy just throws him over the um, over the railing and he falls to his death. Yeah, he does. Which was awesome. This movie was crazy. Like it was terrible effects, but awesome effects, and just like, like high concept, low budget. Just yep. this. Oh man, it was so terrible. I think you looked at me halfway through, and you were like, "I would love to see this remade with like yes. a modern director, a modern day budget, mm-hmm. and just like let them have fun with it because it could be so cool." Yeah, these types of movies like that have. Little to no, like they have cult followings, I'm sure, but they have little to no, like mainstream appeal yep. or value. I think stuff like that is ripe for remaking. Also, um, rename it, yeah, Robot Mall or something, yeah, or, yeah, so, <laughs> something more appropriate, or just remake it with the proper plot. <laughs> that would be awesome, <laughs> but like things like that, or even like I, I like The Gate, but like that remade with like a modern. That would probably be horrible if they remade it now, because they would like either kidify it up or they would like They'd go way too dark with it. They probably make it too scary. They probably yeah. make it too scary, but still like rate it for. It was rated PG thirteen, so it probably yes. still would be PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. So they could probably they could probably actually upscale it a little bit. But there's no terror. there's no way those kids would be like ten, right? And, like dropping they, like the out f word, but for homosexuals. Like, <laughs> what else do you call it? Um, derogatory word for homosexuals. There you go. I wouldn't call it F word. Well, I want people to know which one I'm specifically talking oh, okay. about. Um, yeah, you definitely wouldn't have like a nine year old saying that, which was insane. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see them remaking the gate and like maybe upscaling the age a little bit, mm-hmm. but it'd still be rated PG 13. You can get away with anything in PG 13 movies oh, yeah. except for nudity. So, and yeah, swearing like, to light, Lights Out was rated PG 13, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I like these kind of schlocky little mm-hmm. known horror movies are the perfect ones to be remaking. Like, stop rebooting like Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth. Stop rebooting these movie these mm-hmm. like classic series that everyone still loves to watch. Yep, remake these like crappy ones that had cool high concepts that just were poorly executed because. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to pour a lot of money into a horror movie. Yeah, because it was made for probably like a million dollars. Yeah. Turn a $10 million but profit 
um, opening weekend and then just if use chopping, that to make something if else. If Chopping Mall made $5, I'd be surprised. <laughs> I'm sure it did. Fine. I, if it's done anything, it's made it's money D- now. Yeah, DVD sales. Uh, DVDs and uh, probably VHS sales yeah. at the time. Um, speaking of when I was talking about the company that released the Gate Blu-ray, the very first Blu-ray that they released from this series of like old horror movies was Chopping Mall. Yep. So go buy that. Um, so, yeah, other things happen in this movie. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, you've already covered like three quarters of the plot. Honestly. I know. I feel, I, I'm like, why did we spend so much time on this one? Uh, because it's amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. It was so great, but so bad. Like, like honestly, these sorts of movies, I, I would lump in Chopping Mall with, um, Night of the, Night of the Creeps. I always want to say Living. Yeah. Night of the Creeps and Chopping Mall to me mm-hmm. are two movies that are very fun yep. to watch and would probably be amazing to watch in big groups night of the creeps i, I wholeheartedly agree can be watched alone and yep. still be amazing yes chopping mall not so much no do like, not watch you this have is, to watch it in a big group bad. but but watching in a big group it's amazing like i can't imagine you won't have fun if you watch this with like two or three of your friends. I agree. It's just, it's a great time. I wish we had waited for Tiffany. Like, yeah. I wish we knew what we were getting into when we had watched this yeah, one with we, Tiffany. Yeah, we put it on just because, like, I looked up that actress and I was like, oh, she was in this movie and then you were like, I've seen this movie. I, no, I've, I know about or it. Or I've, I've, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Yeah, you hadn't seen it. Um, that's the only reason we started watching it. If I had known what we were in store for, I would have called every single person in my phone book <laughs> and been like, come to this address. We're about to watch the greatest thing ever. And it is the greatest thing ever. It was so I, much fun. I highly recommend. Do, yeah. you, do you recommend it? I, um, I can't remember what, you, what you've been saying the whole time. Highly recommend it? No, or, I um, Of course. Or... I, I highly recommend this movie. Yeah. Highly. It was good. Yeah. Huh, so um, is there anything else? Um, oh, oh, there was one, a couple things I want to talk about. Um, the okay. guy who directed, just some things that I, we mentioned during the episode that I've been looking up. Um, yep. Ed Warren is dead. Lorraine Warren is still alive. Okay. Um, so there's that. The woman always outlives the man. That's true. Um, Dick Miller is awesome. That was another one I was going to look at. <laughs> the guy who directed uh, Night of the Creeps yep. um, also directed a little known movie called Monster Squad. Have I've you... never seen that movie, but... Do you know who wrote it? it? No. Uh, the Monster Squad. Who do you think wrote Monster Squad? Take it. Um, I know for a fact that you like this person's work. What year was it written? Uh, it Monster Squad came out in '87. You're never gonna guess it, but I want you to guess it. You know for a fact I like. He's acted in Predator. I want. He wrote say... Monster Squad. He wrote. All is, these is will it, be very obvious. Is it Shane Black? Yes. <laughs> okay. It's Shane Black. I, I wanted to see Shane Black this whole time. I was going to say, he wrote Lethal Weapon. Yeah, he um, wrote Monster Squad. I, Shane Black. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. I, I cool. need to watch Monster Squad. But there was a point in uh, Night of the Creeps where it said Monster Squad for life or something on the, on a monster, the wall. Monster Squad. Yeah, it did. And, which and came out. I, so That came that out must the have, year after. Yeah. So he uh, must have been planning it because Monster Squad came out the year after Night of the Creeps. Huh. So he must have been like known known about it, I would imagine. That's awesome. Uh the guy who directed Frank Decker, who directed Night of the Creeps, also directed House, which apparently is like a really famous horror movie as well. Never it's, heard of it. it. I know the poster. It's uh like a severed hand ringing a doorbell. Oh. And um he dir- he directed and wrote Robocop three. 
Ooh, the best RoboCop movie. You're shaking your head. Why are you shaking your head? I've never seen anything other than the first one. He's also directing the new Predator movie. No, Shane Black is. Uh, directed by Shane Black, but he co-wrote it. He's co-writing it with Shane Black. Cool. I knew Shane Black. When you said Predator, that's why I was like Shane Black. Um, Yes, I knew Shane Black was directing the new Predator movie. Which is crazy, because apparently he was in the old Predator movie. I'm so excited. I just love Shane Black. (sighs) If only he made good movies. (sighs) (laughs) I I will fight you. So anyways... Um, um, so we've been going for a while. Okay. Uh, this has been a pretty good episode so far. Yeah, this has been fun. Is there any other horror movies that you want to so briefly touch on? there was one thing that you touched on that I would like to bring up. So you mentioned that the best classic horror movies, I'm going to say classic, but really I mean like, like 80s, 80s slasher. Um, the best of that genre is, are the ones that the practical effects hold up still. Yes. So two of my favorite, I'm going to call them horror. They're both. Horror sci-fi, I would call, um, that the practical effects still hold up to this day are Alien and The Thing. These are yes. two, these are two movies that have the best practical effects I've seen in movies, maybe in my life. Um, especially The Thing. The Thing's practical effects blow my mind. I think The Thing is universally considered to be like the best practical yeah. effects in any movie. They're, it's just so good. Like you, you pick any scene in that movie and the effects that are in it are just mind-blowing. Like when he's playing chess against the computer? Yeah, like blows my mind. Um it's just it when if, he's like running the simulation on the computer about how things are going to be like taking over the world. If you want to talk about movies that still hold up to this day, like from our past, I would say the thing might be my number one. Like you can go back to 1982 mm-hmm. and let anybody else try to make this movie and no one's going to make it hold up the way that it did. Like, no, this was such an anomaly. You look at other movies from the time and you're like, that looks so cheesy and hokey. Like even movies that were made in the nineties, I watch and I'm just like, Oh my God, the effects look so bad. But you look back at the thing, which is like 40, almost 40 years, 30-something years ago. It'll be 40 and 22. Yeah. So almost 40 years ago. 30, let's call it 35. 35 years ago. It is 35. Okay. 35 years ago. (laughs) And it still looks great to this day. That blows Better than the remake, which was all CG crap. Well, they did the remake, but they had the same company make Mm -hmm. the prosthetic, like do the practical effects. They shot it all with practical and replaced it all in post. And then they replaced it in post, which is is so stupid. Like (sighs) if you, I watched the special features for the um the the remake one, yep, and it has all the original um like prop work. Oh my god! And it looks so good. It looks so good. I, I forget what it was, but I was watching a, a, a documentary about it or like a making up and they were talking about how like they built this amazing prop and it only worked if you looked at it from one angle. Yep. And like the guy, like the producer or something like that was like, well, well, what do you mean it only works from that one angle? No, we'll replace it. They're like, no, it's only going to be in this one shot. Yeah. It's going to look amazing. And he's like, yeah, but I, but you need to be able to see it from all, all around, even though they to... weren't going to be oh, using it. And they so didn't. Stupid. So uh. stupid. Um, so I guess the moral of this entire story is watch John Carpenter's The Thing. Yes. And watch John Carpenter's Halloween. <laughs> Just watch John Carpenter movies. Uh, <laughs> maybe. I take it back. 
I mean, some of them are okay. Like Escape Ooh, from New York. I love is, Escape from New York. It's so hokey, though. You shut your mouth. It's so Snake Plissken's the man. They Live is great, too. They Live is great. Man, just watch John Carpenter movies, but not all of them. Listen to John Carpenter's um, albums. He's making music now. I didn't know that. And it's all like creepy electronica stuff. It's really good. That's cool. John Carpenter's awesome. It's very, um, you know the guy who made the soundtrack for uh, It Follows? Yeah. It's um, similar to him. It's like Danger something. I don't remember. Something Johnny Five. Johnny Five. Yep. Um. So now that I've ranted about uh, the thing, do you have any th- anything you want to go out on? Well, you're talking about older movies. I'll say a new movie that I really nice. like. Um, I think we talked about this before here on the podcast, but Trick or Treat. I cannot talk. Amazing. I cannot um, sing this modern movie's praises enough. Yep. A good anthology movie is few and are, are hard to come by. They're few and far between. Um, so this one is. Like the best modern anthology movie I've seen. Agreed. Uh, just like the, the concepts, it's if you want a Halloween movie, this movie is dripping in Halloween. Yep. Just jack o' lanterns and just the orange like to- feel of of everything. Yeah, ghost stories. You got serial killers. You got oh, it's great. Vampires, werewolves, everything's in this movie. It's awesome. It's phenomenal. Go see that. And then go see the new Godzilla movie? Yes, he's directing Godzilla 2. Nice. He also Electric did Krampus Bogolo. last year? Two years ago. Two years ago. Krampus is a weird one because like they shot it at like this really weird angle, so it only uh, looks like you're looking at mouth. it from like, just, a, just shut up. like a corner. Shut up. Shut Have we talked about that on here? I don't, Probably. I don't know. I don't... Maybe? Deal with it. So this has been no refunds. Okay, um, so yes, this has been No Refunds. Uh, this has been a great, uh, fun horror one. We're probably going to do this again at some point. If you liked this, uh, let us know. Um, send us an email, norefundspodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. So let us know if you like this, if you want to see us uh, go kind of on a deep dive on another subject like this. Oh, um, Brian suggested a name for this type of episode. He, <laughs> he was the only person who got back to us, and he suggested Balls Deep on blank. Balls Deep in Balls blank. Deep in blank. Okay. Balls Deep in horror movies. Sure. We'll go with that one. Is that... <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to run it by Tiffany. <laughs> yeah, that's... Good call. <laughs> yes. Good call. That's the answer for that. We'd like to thank HC Media for hosting us. We'd like to thank... Um, hyper potions for their song time trials which is awesome um and we would like to thank you for listening bye (laughs) bye Your phone's going off. Oh. Speaking of which. Uh, da, da, da. Hello. Hi. Hey, how are you doing? Do I have lights? Oh, yeah, you got lights outside. They look really good. Uh, yeah, the, they the, look good. The timer turned off. They look amazing. Um, and you've got the uh, the ghost out front. I didn't walk out and see it, but, yeah, it's really cool. Cool. So my timers worked. That's awesome. Yes, they did. I think so. Um, can you do me a favor? Uh, can you speak yeah. up a little bit just so I can make sure that the microphones can hear you? <laughs> oh, you're doing a yeah, we're recording right now. Oh, so cool. Hi, everybody. <laughs>
Is there anything you'd like to say to everyone? Um, what are you guys talking about? Horror movies. Chopping Mall was cool. (laughs) Chopping Mall was cool. You didn't even see it, though. I know, but I watched enough of it to know it's cool. That's right. You caught the end of it, didn't you? All right. Well, I will be home soon. Okay, cool. I'll see you then. Okay, bye. Thank you for giving us a good stinger. Good stinger. Stinger Palooza. Bye.